Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 338. It takes years to build a successful business and just minutes to lose everything. So it just makes sense to have a plan, even if you don't use it. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is click the tipsy banner in the show notes get on it are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do if you feel this way i've got good news you don't have to do it alone nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants owner.com and if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable you will get a 10 day pass for only one dollar get on it with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guests lissandra pagan and rj joyce are you two feeling unstoppable today Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Absolutely, buddy. Yes, that's what we like to hear. So, Lissandra Pagan is the founder of Deliberate Plan Consulting LLC. She helps restaurant owners prepare for business interruptions such as natural events, day-to-day crises. Uh, did I say that? Crisis? Crises? Crisis. That's one of those weird, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, anything, <Is> that <laughs> right? or anything that can help prevent them from doing their job. Uh, then she helps develop strategies to bounce back quickly and prevent permanent business closure. And RJ Joyce, the name might sound familiar. He was a past guest on Restaurant Unstoppable not too long ago, episode 299. In uh, 2015, he partnered up with James Woodhouse to open his second restaurant, Louis, located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, and two months ago, something went down. I'm going to stay vague for now. We'll get into that later. Uh, but if you want to learn more about RJ, go back to that episode. Again, it's episode 299. It's a good one. Uh, I suggest you listen to it. Uh, So let's kind of uh, get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Uh, And I'm going to have Lissandra uh, kick it off with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Of course. Well, I live by failing to plan. It's like planning to fail, which was said by Benjamin Franklin. But now I found a better one, which is all you need is the plan, the roadmap, and the courage to press on to your destination yes. by Earl Nightingale. Yes, I love it. Planning so powerful. Uh, I also think of uh, plan your work, work your plan, and uh, it, it can just have huge impacts on your business and your life when you really are just intentional and know what to do at all times. So great way to get this thing started. Uh, 
makes complete sense with what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, so before we really dive into um, the topic for the day, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious we're here to talk about what to do uh, in the event of a crisis, uh, deliberate planning, and how you can be proactive, live intentionally, and not be reactive, but you know, be proactive. Uh, but first, let's let's go over to RJ uh, because. RJ, uh, were you on the show? Like, I think it was maybe December when we had you on the show, and uh, you're killing it, uh, doing amazing work over at Louis. So, talk to us about where you were at, uh, let's say, uh, three or four months ago, uh, before things went south. Yeah, well, it was colder. Then. <laughs> uh, no, but things at things at Louis were going great. Um, we had a good fortune of having a lot of really talented people working for us, and uh, we're kind of one of the fortunate ones to say that we we're we we're able to stay busy all year. Yeah, you were which is killing it. Uh, I mean, you were like the new hotspot uh, in Portsmouth, which is which is a hard thing to do. It's a it's a pretty decent food town, and to be uh, to develop a good reputation in that town is not easy to do. And you did it well. Um, so. Let's kind of talk uh, about some of the less fortunate events. Uh, I'll let you kind of just roll into it and take over from here. Yeah, things were things were rolling strong right about into the springtime, and it was April 10th. It was a Sunday night, and uh, one of our employees, uh, the, the shop was closed for the night. One of our employees had sent James and I a text message that just said, uh, hey, there's uh, smoke coming out of the building next door. Uh, just a heads up, um, and that is a State Street Saloon. It was a guy. It was a dar- like a kind of your great neighborhood bar restaurant. Mm. Been around a long, long time. Has a uh, you know n- no frills, kind of old school, carpeted, dark interior. Um, and so a fire had started in that building, and then my partner had gone down there to the scene, and then texted me at four and just said the building's coming down. Uh, and it, at that point, there were 50 different fire companies involved in that. Wow. It was an immediate five-alarm fire, and then 50 different towns uh, were participating in saving our building. So we are, uh, I, you know, we are, f- by by all means, we are very fortunate that they're able to save our building because we were, um, when I say literally shoulders width apart, it is that is literal. Wow. We are our building <laughs> two feet from the one that is uh, no more. Um, and so upon initial, uh, look, we went, I went down in the morning and one of the, the fire chief there brought, brought us to the restaurant. It was still an active fire scene. Uh, they were hosing water on it for, gosh, probably an, another 20, 20 hours or so afterwards. Um, but he kind of, he said, let's take a quick trip through. And, uh, so you walk in, you see water dripping, which you, which you, uh, you know, I would to expect. Uh, given all the buildings been through on that uh, 12 or 13 hours at that time. Um, And then I walked by the basement. So we have a basement in the back in between our kitchen and our dining room. Um, And it's a full basement, you know, eight foot ceilings. I say probably another foot in joists. Um, And uh, the door was shut, which it never was. And so I said, I just tapped him on the shoulder because he was kind of getting us in, getting us out, kind of stay on my shoulder. Let's do this quick. You can take a quick look through and then we're back out. And so I said, you mind if I just take a look at the basement? And then I pushed open the door and, uh, and the water was up to the lip. And oh, so wow. that is, uh, that is nine feet of water, uh, sitting in the basement. So, um, 
that was where um, that was where and still where our problems started and uh, had remained. Uh, the same water that saved our building is the same one that has it down to the studs right now. Oh man! So RJ, when you when you opened the door and you saw this water, and you know when you heard that the fire was kicking off and now the building is coming down like what what emotions were you feeling like what was going through your mind from um you told us what happened but take us through the emotional happenings that uh you were feeling during this entire time it was pretty surreal i it was i mean it, uh, something like that always kind of kind of tosses you around a little bit emotionally in that the when i initially talked to james my partner he said you know there's nothing we can do here it looks like our building is going to be able to to make it through the fire stage, given that the other building had fallen. So you kind of go through panic when you first see the text messages and messages coming in. Then a little bit of relief when you know that the building saved and having never really been through, I haven't really been through a fire before. I guess I can say that solidly. Um, you don't really understand the damage that water can cause. Mm. And so, and that kind of was at the scene, and it was crazy. At that point, you you were witnessing a building that had fallen over that was your neighbor right next door. Mm -hmm. So that kind of looks as tragic as it is. And then kind of when, when the when the fire chief or the assistant fire chief had walked me in the front door, I said, God, this looks like our dining room. It looks – this looks like I remember it. I guess I had pictured smoke, you know, soot everywhere or smoke damage or something like that. But so then I was kind of optimistic. I think I think we my partner and I both were at that bit. And that I remember I remember the first day we were saying to each other, we're like, well, well, I think we can I think we're close tonight. But there was kind of uh, <laughs> it, it's funny now, but it was kind of honest at that point. We we're like, I guess we should we should probably be planning to close for a couple of days. Mm. Um, because it looks the same, but water is that kind of deceiving thing that hides in, uh, you know, walls and ceilings, and uh, has yet to come down from pools on the roof and all those kind of things. So it kind of tossed us all around emotionally. I can only imagine, man. And at what point did you, to, to the the weight of reality, really start to like lay on you on your chest? Like when did you feel this weight uh, come down on you? It kind of it, well, it always comes in different stages because we're also in the stage of there's a bunch of uh, there's competing insurance interests in the building given our insurance company, our landlord's insurance company, and so there's kind of a a, a back and forth nearly daily since then. So you you feel certain amounts on certain days, you know, just you think you see light ahead and everything feels good. And then you run into a roadblock and things slow you up. And then that of course doesn't feel good. So it's kind of the, the initial crush probably was about two days after that fire, when we really realized that, you know, all the walls had to come down that oh. our floors had to come up. And unfortunately for us, I mean, like I say, I, I say this all with absolute, with, with, acknowledgement that we are absolutely fortunate there were so many people that lost their apartments next door the businesses lost where the state street saloons lost um so we are truly fortunate but uh but after after everything came down to the studs that was probably that first moment of okay this is going to be a good one yeah so where are you at now uh what's going on now and uh you know what's the the present day situation look like uh, present day, so we've kind of got our redesign um, plans 
done. Uh, so now it's coordinating with the kind of the infrastructure for the building, uh, which would, you know, the landlord would take care of that kind of stuff, whether it be mechanical and structural, um, you know, insurance, dealing with insurance, it's never a, a cut and dry, especially when there are multiple interests or multiple companies involved. So that's where we're kind of where we are right now. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we push every day, um, but to say that it's going quickly or smoothly, I'd be uh, I'd be exaggerating. Well, you know, uh, for what it's worth, RJ, like if, if this had to happen to anybody, not to say that this deserves to happen to you, but yeah. you are just such an upbeat, positive dude. Uh, it, it takes a lot. And, and my very little time, uh, you know, interacting with you, I just can tell that like it's going to take a lot to bring you down. So I'm happy it had to happen to somebody that, that's so positive, so upbeat, so optimistic. I mean, if anything good comes from this conversation, at least that uh, I think you can handle it. Um, so I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I guess I say thanks. Yeah, I mean, I don't wish this. Okay. I don't wish this upon anybody, but it, I mean, okay. at least you can handle it. Like you got the right attitude. But um, I mean, one thing I'm curious about, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, two different insurance companies. I mean, uh, is that is that something that you would uh, maybe advice you would have for somebody who to protect themselves to maybe see who your landlord has insurance through? Like, it, would it be easier if you, if you shared insurance companies? Is that something, I mean, I'm just throwing out ideas right now. I, I you know, ideally maybe that, maybe that, you know, I think things in this situation would go smoothly if, you know, the operator of the business was the landlord. Yeah. So that's that I foresee that. Cause it's, I would, I would imagine, I don't, I don't know. I can yeah. imagine perhaps a little bit easier, but in our, int- you know, our, our, uh, in our situation, he uses a very uh, large commercial, um, a commercial insurance company that doesn't handle a lot of, you know, small business, mom and pop kind of thing. Okay. Um, but I would imagine get, I think the trick, um, you guys may get in touch into this later on is, um, the hardest part is trying to just get everybody to the table at the same time. Yeah. Um, so hindsight being 2020, um, anything from this experience that you wish you did differently? I don't know. I think, you know, we're, gosh, we're not like, I, we're not through it. Yeah. So I think maybe that, that hindsight's probably left, left yeah. once we're through yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel, I've, I feel like we've done what we can do when we could do, mm-hmm. you know, and done right where where we need to cool well so it's an you know i know we always try to learn from that kind of stuff i feel like we need to we need once the uh situation's resolved then we can go back and say okay how do we do this better yeah well maybe after we listen to lissandra uh there might Even be better. some yeah maybe we can uh, do some more reflection on uh how everything played out maybe uh and feel free to jump in and chime in, RJ, at any point when she's talking. Uh, if you have questions, that's why you're here, to give us that perspective to add reality uh, to the conversation. And, I mean, just before we bring Lissandra on, like, this just goes to show that no matter how on your game you are, no matter how much your community loves you, no matter how well you do everything, nobody's bulletproof. Uh, so, I mean... Just let that sink in real quick. And Lissandra, uh, let's learn more about you. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and what deliberate planning is. Of course. Uh, but first, I want to say, RJ, I feel your pain. Um, I was there once. As I said, uh, I've always said I lost my first business. 
but I lost it to a natural disaster for me. I know what is it like, you don't know what to do. You're exactly in that point where you're like being pulled from side to side and you really don't know what to do. But let me encourage you because you're going to come out stronger. Okay. And document everything because you don't know what the future holds. And maybe you're going to become the uh, recovery consultant for restaurants that went to a fire or something similar. So you don't know what the future holds for you. You got it. I'll take any <laughs> We're back to <laughs> that positive, upbeat place I like to have this show be. So thank you for going there, Lysandra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it, it actually, I thought it was the end of the world for me when it happened. But now I realize, oh, my God, it, it happened for me, not to me. And now I can help other people with, with the same struggles that I probably went through and the same frustrations. <laughs> so I am a contingency consultant and I work with businesses and restaurants. Why? Because restaurants in a matter of two, three days will lose everything. If we go through a power outage, uh, the food will spoil and the losses are going to be bigger than the retail store or a small shop that sells candles. Okay, so we have to be realistic there and we have to plan ahead Uh, when we see that there's a risk. We have to address it before it becomes a problem. So that's what I do. Awesome. And uh, real quick, what was that uh, disaster that uh, set you back just to, to paint the picture for the listeners without getting too much? Yes. Well, I had a, a, a farm where we produce strawberry plants in pots and uh, we went through a period of 20 days of rain and there was a huge mudslide in my property. So it was a personal disaster. It wasn't a community disaster. It was never declared a disaster. So Assistance was very limited. The only thing that I was offered was a loan, which I didn't need. (laughs) Another loan. (laughs) I was already in a bad spot. Why would I take another loan? (laughs) So, yeah, it just started from there. And then the rest of the plants just got sick with a bacterial infection because of the rain and the humidity and everything. So it just I just had to burn everything if I wanted to get rid of the bacterial infection. Pretty much over $175,000 in losses in less than two years. And that's something that it's really, really, really difficult to recover from. <laughs> yeah. So uh, aside from uh, going through uh, a situation like this on your own and experiencing it and uh, what else makes you uh, an authority, somebody we should be listening to, to, uh, you know, wh- like why, why should we listen to you? Okay, well, after I went through my experience and while I was going through my frustration, thinking that it was the end of the world for me, I went on for a master's degree in business administration. And I realized that most of the businesses don't have a contingency plan. We don't have a plan B. We think that that forecast that we do on the initial business plan is going to go just as we plan. And that's why so many businesses fail within five years. So I decided I'm going to study why it's that businesses are failing. So I went through two years of studying small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and worldwide corporations, like global corporations. And I realized there's a pattern. If you don't identify and address the risk at the beginning, it becomes a bigger and bigger problem. So the idea is to tackle it while it's still manageable before it takes over your business. 
Then I went on and I served for six years with the United States Department of Agriculture. And I was working there at a program for emergency response. And at that point, I realized that really nobody has a plan. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I, how can I combine emergency response and planning for emergencies with business and I integrated everything, so that's when I created the delivery plan, which is part of it, is idea of the army, how they plan for war during peacetime. So mm-hmm. I plan for disasters before you even face them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> so that, that, that's the whole concept right there. <laughs> yeah, and, and just to add more perspective to this, like I, I – uh, before I was doing the podcast, I was uh, studying to be a commercial pilot. I, I flew uh, for uh, regional airlines, and I went through the training, uh, and it's much like the, the military, where we have protocols, where in the event of a disaster, there's something, uh, there's a list uh, of what to do for each possible yes. event that you can think of, and you don't even have to think, and there is a weed That's whacker outside. I'm sorry <laughs> if you guys can hear that weed whacker. I did not have a plan for this weed whacker, unfortunately. Um, that a little bit of a joke there. I don't know if you guys, sorry, that wasn't that good, but anyway, um, yeah, like it's so important to have that plan because in the event of emergency, you're panicking. You, you don't think logically your emotionals, your emotions take control and you, you need to literally have it spelled out for you. Um, and you don't know who's going to be there when disaster strikes. So it might not even be you. It might not be. It might be somebody who's not as qualified as you are. So you really need to be proactive to have these plans in place to, to get you, uh, you know, in a safe place. Um, it's so powerful. But anyway, uh, a little apology if you guys can hear the weed whacker in the background. Uh, and no. hopefully it goes away. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so let's <laughs> let's talk about what are the steps of a uh, contingency plan uh, or is there anything else that you want to lay on us before we really dive into uh, the steps that you've created to help people? Do you want to like, yes, uh, I really wanted to add a little bit on that part that you just mentioned when you plan ahead of time, when you plan during peace times or when you are not within the disaster, because remember it can be a simple event, but, but for you turn into a disaster if you're not prepared. So before you face that situation, that challenge or that event, if you plan ahead of time, you don't have to make decisions when you're stressed out, when you're anxious or when you're you're a wreck. <laughs> so you make the decisions during peace times. And after that, it's just steps to follow. And if you're not there because, um, as happened to RJ, he was not at the restaurant, but someone else is trained and know what to do, pretty much the ball gets rolling before you get there. So that's so important that everything is considered before it happens. All right. We're just going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and then we're going to dive into this list. We'll be right back. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn. That never ends. (laughs) But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. 
Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the Tipsy Banner in the show notes. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips. To join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves, head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable all right we're back and let's roll into it what are the steps of contingency planning well, the steps of continuously planning based on my delivery plan is to start with the risk assessment. And that's the, that's the first step for everything, the risk assessment. Um, you need to understand what are the risks. Maybe consider your, uh, your geographical location, which has a lot to do with natural disasters. But also you need to understand if there's like, um, let's say, a nuclear plant that probably will have to force everybody to leave town because there's a, a radiation leak or something, or maybe a gas station that can explode or cause a fire. So you need to understand what are your risks, including everything that it's within your, within your area of business. It's not only inside your business, but everything that is outside as well. And nowadays we have to add, of course, terrorism, violence, active shooters. We need to add that to the game because it's a reality. Mm. So um, I would say just start with, with your um, natural disaster, the possibility of floods, hurricanes, fires is something that you actually need to add it to any emergency plan because it's so common. And especially if you're dealing with and in the restaurant we, we deal with the kitchen, so anything can start a fire. Plus, uh, I'm thinking about RJ's, if that's an old, if, if his neighbor was an old bar, um, what kind of bar, if they're like, allow smoking inside, you know, there's other factors that will represent a risk. 
Yeah. So uh, I'm curious when we're like doing this risk assessment, uh, what's mm-hmm. that look like? Are we doing this on our own? Should we be doing this with our team? Uh, like, what what's your advice for doing effective brainstorming for risk uh, assessment? Okay, I will take a map of the area and it will mark everything that could represent a risk. Like if there's a bridge and there's a flooding and I cannot use this bridge, that will be a, a red mark on my map. Um, gas stations, as I said, um, uh, commercial areas where there's uh, probably, uh, uh, oh my God, a factory that uses chemicals that can ca- that can cause a fire or explosion or simply uh, that everybody needs to leave the area and, and evacuate the area because of a leak. Mm-hmm. All those things had to be marked on that map. And then you go to the history of the place because hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, all that repeats. So you have to take that into consideration. And you have someone with you that knows the history of the area that can tell you more about the area because you probably got there in the past five years like uh, if people that moved to Florida in the past five years, they didn't leave here but in 2004 when we got five hurricanes, one one and the other, it was like back to back. So you need to know the history of the place and then your business processes needs to be included on that risk assessment as well. Okay, so um, we've identified the risks. Uh, what's next? Then you have to prioritize and you need to, prioritize based on which ones are the higher probability risk and which ones are like, yeah, like, you know, terrorism and that kind of things that you probably think, yeah, it can happen, but it's not as probable as a fire. Mm-hmm. Then you, once you prioritize, you start creating or finding solutions to address that before it becomes a problem. So let's say, okay, I have uh, some person on my team is going to be trained on first aid. And if there's a fire, he's going to be responding with the people that get harmed or that uh, has some kind of injury. Whilst this other person is trained and they know how to handle the fire, at that time, my assistant is already calling the fire department. So there's always someone doing something. That's how you create a strategy and a solution for your problem. Yeah. So this is like a living document that you're never really fully done working on. Exactly. Exactly. You go through, you you find the most uh, likely uh, disasters or events uh, and you start working on those first. But uh, you're always adding possibilities to be as prepared as possible is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Then you create a blanket plan which is going to work for, let's say, somebody chokes and you have to call 911. There's a plan for that. And you don't have to ask your manager, what should I do? You just grab the phone and call. Okay. (laughs) So everything has to be lined out. But those are the most frequent events that you can that you can find. And that's a blanket document. Yeah. So you just call 911 or you just call the police if it's violence. And that's the kind of thing that you're going to do, which is pretty basic. But the initial ones the priorities are like the ones that are going to cost you a lot of money in losses and that you really need to address plus you have to add there um business interruption insurance for your losses because you're not producing income and then you uh, you make sure that you check with your policy what's covered what's not covered and rj i want to ask you do you feel that you were that you had enough coverage um, from yeah, because we're we're still 
because we're still in the middle of this, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to see that all the way through. Um, you know, we do have been business interruption insurance. Um, okay, that's good. Um, but a lot of that stuff doesn't, uh, as my understanding, a lot of that stuff doesn't play itself all the way out until <laughs> the we did. Yeah, I will say that it's never enough. Yeah, it's never and it's never, and you cannot. One of the things that I always say, and I always say my my clients is like, you have to protect as much as you can because you're never gonna get a hundred percent of what you lose. So you need to protect, you need to do something to protect because otherwise you're always going to be on the red numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those, those kinds of things, they come that, that falls quick. Yes. Okay. So we've uh, prioritized and we're looking, we, we found the solutions. Uh, What's next? Then you have to communicate the plan because you can have a great plan in your mind and in the paper, but if your team doesn't know about it, you don't have anything. So you communicate the plan and you select key people that's going to that's gonna be responsible for different tasks. So once you have that team, you communicate the plan, you start practicing. And this is very, very, very important <laughs> because unless you practice, you're not going to know what works and what needs to be fixed. So you have to practice, evaluate the results, and make sure you take notes of everything. Let's say when we were um, just evacuating the building, this staircase didn't work because there was something in the middle. We have to move that so a lot of people can go out faster and not everybody stays, uh, you know, in the smoke. Or it's remember that during the fire emergency, the response time is critical. So all that needs to be considered. And once you evaluate what needs to be corrected, you correct that and keep practicing until you're satisfied. Okay. So that means that at least every six months, you need to practice with your entire team. Okay. So uh, I'm curious, uh, and this is uh, through my experience with uh, aviation uh, pilot training. um, When we were taught uh, the protocol uh, to in the event of an emergency, we weren't necessarily required to to memorize the uh, the actions that needed to take place after the emergency starts. Uh, we just need mm-hmm. to know where to find the solution. A checklist, <laughs> exactly. So, would you advise uh, make like? Would you be like a hard ass uh, on all of your staff, like saying like, "What do you do in case of this?" or "What do you do in case of that?" Or are you more concerned, like in the events of? Do you know where to find the solution? Like, like where do you draw the line there? Okay, one of the parts of the communicating of the communication of the plan is to place copies everywhere that it's going to be read, like in the um, if you have a break room or even in the restroom for your staff. Other thing that I advise is just have them keep a digital copy in their cell phones. Everybody carries their cell phones nowadays so they can have a digital copy. They don't have to go to your office to get a copy. Everybody has a digital copy on their phones. And there's a copy in every corner, so you just have to grab it, follow the checklist, and that's it. So would you? You don't need to memorize it. (laughs) Yeah, it would be a lot of memorizing. Um, So just wanted because it can change it. It's remember, it's going to be a fluid situation, and you're not going to give them a hundred percent of the steps that they're going to have to follow. They need to know a guide. It's a roadmap. 
for yeah. them to follow. All right. I just wanted to get real about that in case everybody's like freaking out. Like, yeah, like you expect uh-huh. me to teach all my staff everything to do. <laughs> no. Like this lady's losing her I'm her expecting head. them to yeah. pull themselves <laughs> yeah. and look at the plan. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Um, this, I mean, where would this document live before we move on? Like, I, I, to me, it seems like this would live in a uh, like operations manual. But you're suggesting yeah. that we, we keep it out separate? It's supposed to be a separate binder if you keep a copy, like a, like a hard copy. But also, every time you update, you send a copy to your staff. Word. Okay. Because, yeah, if there's a change, they need to know. And then it's part of the communication of the plan. You know, every time you say, like, okay, from now on, if there's a, a medical emergency, you don't even communicate to your supervisor. You go straight to the phone and make that call. So gotcha. that's that needs to be communicated because time is at the essence. <laughs> okay. So um, we've communicated. Uh, we've Have we gone over selecting a team? Yes. Okay, that's right. Uh, and, uh, and we practice. Okay, and that's the next step. Practice and evaluate? Yes. Uh, we practice. That's when you find out if the if the route that you're going to use to uh, just evacuate the restaurant is going to be that perfect one or that you need to move tables just to keep that straight line that people can use if there's a fire, if there's um, an active shooter and everybody needs to run, that there's not tables in the, you know, in the way that they can run out if that's what you're practicing for, right? Gotcha. Um, and that's when you find what is not working because you probably have some people that's going to freak out and that people needs to be pretty much witness and not participants. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's very important that you practice so you, you also identify who are your strong members, your strong team members, and the people that actually belong to the action team. <laughs> mm. So are there any other steps? Listen, Lissandra. No, I will say correct, practice, practice, practice. Because okay. practice is that's when, what's going to make perfect. And remember, if you have a big turnaround of people just leaving every two or three months, that training needs to happen. It's like when you train them on where to find everything, the silverware or whatever they their supplies they need, you also have to train them on where to find the plan and how it works because otherwise it's just going to be a paper standing there <laughs> yeah, just in the wall. <laughs> All right. So let me bring it back over to RJ. RJ, um, after experiencing this recent disaster and listening to Lissandra, uh, what was going through your mind? Well, I was just thinking that uh, some kind of checklist like that, even for, for owners of businesses, I know that a lot of that's kind of in the moment, kind of mm-hmm. those kinds of things happen during operation. Mm-hmm. But uh, like having a checklist for those for after something like that is would be really helpful. Mm. Having gone through that, we didn't necessarily, you know, we have a lot of different checklists, um, but having one big hard copy of cool. All right. We're calling insurance first. Then you're calling, um, I don't know, you're calling the gas company, the electric company, all that kind of stuff afterwards. I think a lot of that would be really helpful um, for people to keep. Mm. So after listening to Lissandra, would there have been anything uh, that you wish you would have done differently? I don't know. You know, that at the end, there was probably there was probably an insurance discussion after this is all said and done as to, you know, whether we would have adjusted coverage in a certain way. Um, you know, given the fact that it that kind of where where the building next door and we were closed for operation and, mm. and that 
Mexico was 150 years old. So once that fire had started, it uh, we're dealing with a lot of old wood mm. in that building. So there was, you know, we weren't we weren't active participants in that one. Yeah. So I just want to be real for a second, and like, I mean, I'm curious. Like, this is something that was totally out of RJ's control as far as the event mm-hmm. that happened. And um, are there certain events that no matter what you do, um, you will never be fully prepared? Yes, of course. And we're never going to be able to say, okay, I have everything tackled. But if you have a recovery plan, which is the next part of this, it's easier for you because as RJ said, I have a recovery plan. I have a checklist, what steps I need to take now just to recover my business, just to get it to bounce back. And he will know what to do afterwards. And um, and that's very important because at that point, and I, I talk about disaster loans, but a disaster loan is not a good it's not a good option if you don't know what to do with the money. Mm. You need to have a, um, a yes, and actually a recovery plan. What are you gonna establish first? Are you gonna have like a food truck so you don't lose your customers, so they still can support you and you can still make money while you're going to the recovery phase on your old building? Um, are you gonna have, let's say, well, a flash sale so I can sell everything that I have on that freezer? And even though I'm not going to make the same amount of money, I still can recover something and I don't lose 100 percent. Yeah. So there's you know, those are the strategies for recovery that come after you plan for the emergency. OK, um, so uh, when I was listening to you, I was imagining some restaurant owners out there thinking to themselves, shaking their head like who who has the time to sit down and to mesh all this stuff out? Um, is it and the thing is that really realistic to sit down uh, and and to, to you know spend hours on a project like this? Um, I was curious, RJ. At any point, were you wondering like that seems like a lot of work? Well, also, I mean, it, it, I kind of I don't know. It, it also makes sense in the same in the yeah. same breath there because I was totally channeling my uh, fire drill as a little kid, uh, <laughs> but. But then realizing that it's probably not all that ridiculous either. Mm. Like we we spend a lot of time every evening. Um, we all kind of sit down for a little little staff meal and learn something before service every night, whether that be like a food kind of thing. But you know what? It probably also makes sense to it's not going to take all that amount of time to just have a plan and just say, hey, guys, worst case scenario, this this kind of thing, a fire happens during service. These are the steps we're going to take. And, you know, it's probably something that that not a lot of people do, but it is a little something that probably wouldn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree that I. it seems like it going over that kind of stuff wouldn't take all that much time. Yeah, I, I just I see that being uh, an excuse for a lot of people where like, who yeah. has the time for this? <laughs> um, and do you have any thoughts, Lissandra, before I add a little something? Okay, uh, I always say, you know, it, it costs money and it takes time, but. It's, it's going to be just a fraction of the time and the money that it's going to take later on to recover your business. Mm. So it's like when you go to a doctor for preventive care, 
you know, you need to know that you probably don't feel bad. Um, you're feeling okay, but it's it's good to have that certainty that you're all right, <laughs> yeah. that nothing is growing inside of you or something like that. So the same thing happens with this. It takes years to build a successful business and just minutes to lose everything. Yep. So it just makes sense to have a plan, even if you don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, RJ, any thoughts before I chime in? Were you about to say something? I agree totally. It's something that like, you know, there's so many other nightly or daily things that come up in our business that that is definitely something that just gets pushed to the to to the proverbial back burner. Yeah. And uh, what was going through my head uh, is that this is a living document. It's not like you're sitting down uh, for 10 hours one day and it's all you're doing or like 10 hours for, oh, you know, five days straight. Like it's something that you, you start doing. Uh, you start mm-hmm. making a list. Um, shit's going to hit the fan as you go and when that cucka does hit the fan you just go oh this is a good opportunity <laughs> to uh maybe add write it. this down so like we can add that to uh the list so basically what you want to do is you want to recreate yourself in this protocol the, the or this um the the uh what you would call it sorry I'm, my pilot uh experiences are making me call it uh, <laughs> contingency planning so plan, yeah. yeah so uh it's something that you're constantly adding to. And uh, if, if if you have to do something and nobody else knows what to do, like that's a cue for you to add that to the, the list of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's not like all one and done. It's, it's a living document that you're constantly improving. You're constantly adding things to and just make it uh, into like a daily checklist. Like, add it to your checklist. Like, did anything happen today that should be added to this list of uh, contingency planning? And that's what I would say. Um, I, I would say that even those small things, like let's say somebody chokes and uh, you have to call 911, that needs to be, there's got to be something like a, like a procedure. So let's say the server can call 911 and she doesn't have to go back to report it to the kitchen or to the manager. It, it's got to be some, because time it's, it's very important in all these situations. And there comes, you know, the due diligence and all the legal terms after that. Uh, so you need to have some kind of emergency planning. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you decide not to plan for your against and whatever, we'll just write it. Uh, but there's got to be some kind of, protocol or planning for emergencies or any situation that can become a disaster for you for your business yep all right we're, we're i think we've made our points we're beating this thing to death now so let's <laughs> let's uh any final thoughts rj uh before we uh hand it over to lissandra Lis- to share some things no, i think that really drives itself home like we operate a very uh, you know, we have about 23 employees. We have a very small, so we don't have, you know, your typical protocols. You've got your, you know, your owners or your managers, and then everybody else is in the pool. Um, but it is that thing that's just totally worth taking time because I'm, I'm thinking about the times where you've had a guest that kind of, you know, lost consciousness and kind of we gracefully handled it, but we definitely hadn't addressed it. Uh, ahead of time but it really does make sense to just take that take that 15 minutes probably to what quarterly maybe twice a year yeah yeah and just go over just go over that kind of steps of uh the steps of things to do yeah make it a team project like you know like during a pre-mail or whatever guys like what crazy yeah. shit happened this quarter that re- you remember <laughs> like 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 let's really go over this and really uh like you know uh 
it, it's it, there's there's power in multiple brains and brainstorming. So don't cut yourself short by you know, not bringing this project to the yeah. whole team. Um, so okay, Lissandra, um, you created some stuff uh, that might help people uh, through this process. Cause I think a lot of people might be intimidated to go through and to create something like this on their own. They don't necessarily know what it's supposed to look like. So uh, what things can you help uh, provide us to help us through this, this situation? Well, um, I've emailed you the, the roadmap, which is the, the document that we've been discussing today. And you can put that on your on your show notes. People can download it. I really don't, don't need your email. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you prepare your, your business and you have a plan, I'm good with it. Uh, but I also have a podcast, which is going to be a limited episode. It's 15 episodes, 16 tops, which I'm going to be talking about a different scenarios that could happen so you can start drafting a plan. It's a help. It's free. You can download worksheets and start drafting your plan there. Just take notes, write whatever you feel like or get mad at me or whatever. <laughs> I also have a workbook, which is uh, that's for sale on Amazon and it's available to it's available to Amazon and it's in Spanish and English as well. It's a workbook. You have to put the work. You know, if if you don't write that plan, it's not going to happen for you. You do have to put the work, uh, but I will guide you. It's like I'm going to be that nagging voice telling you what to do next. (laughs) Or you can request a consultation with me and we can work together. I can do it for you if you don't have the time. That works fine as well. Um, Sometimes I visit the location so I can see the geographic location and all what's around it. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of doing research and it can be done. Um, so there, there are a lot of options. I do offer a free initial shot so we can talk for 30 minutes about your concerns. So there's every, all that is found on deliberateplan.com and I'm available. I'm willing to help anyone that wants to be helped. <laughs> all right. So restaurantunstoppable.com slash 338. You'll find links to the Word document that Lissandra shared with me, uh, that free document, links to her podcast, uh, links to her book on Amazon. What was the title of that book? One more time, Deliberate Plan. Uh, The Deliberate Plan for Your Business. The the Deliberate (laughs) Plan for Your Business. And um, then uh, for consulting, do we want to email you or should we just go to deliberateplan.com? Yes, there's there's an option there so you can schedule. You'll see the calendar. um, You schedule going through the calendar. It's like, I think, the same app that you use to schedule your calls. (laughs) All right. And uh, we can can do that. I'll have the link to deliberateplan.com in the show notes as well. So, uh, again, this is episode three, three. I just want to say thank you, RJ, um, for you know taking the time to open up to us to share your experiences with us to really add some perspective um, to uh, the conversation. Uh, any final thoughts or anything the listeners can do to maybe help you guys out or like what what can we do uh, for you uh, in this this little time? Oh, uh, thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah, we're so we're on the rebuild right now. And uh, we've just been doing a bunch of collaboration events uh, with our local, with a bunch of friends in our local community. We're doing something up in Portland and maybe something in Boston in the coming weeks. You can find that information out on our Facebook, Instagram accounts. We keep that updated. We're doing a pretty fun, if I could take two seconds for a plug, uh, we're doing a pretty fun one. If anyone's ever seen the food movie, The Big Night, Big Night. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Is, oh yeah, we're doing a big night dinner with our friend at friends at Massimo's in oh, Portsmouth. Beautiful. Awesome. That's Sunday the 25th. Sunday the 25th. I'll link to anything you need me to link to uh, to help support that. Uh, we can talk afterwards. But again, this is episode 338. Help support RJ. Uh, check out Lissandra's work. Uh, uh, this was a great conversation, guys. And um, I wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. Lissandra, who is one independent restaurant operator? Somebody you admire in this industry, I think would be a good guest on the show. Mm, Ellie Lou's Bruce and Barbecue. <laughs> That's my favorite place on earth. Um, they are located in Ocoee, Florida, and they have the best barbecue ever. Ellie awesome. Lou's, look out. I'm coming after you. And uh, this was great, yeah. guys. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to share your knowledge and experiences. There's no questioning. Both of you are unstoppable. Yay. <laughs> Cheers. All right. I hope you guys found that conversation helpful. Uh, it seems like a lot. It seems intimidating. It seems like it's really boring. I get all that. But guys, doing the little things, taking the time to be proactive, uh, to give your team the tools they'll need to be successful and to really just be on top of these these things. I mean, that's what separates great restaurants from good restaurants. So uh, make it fun. Uh, have fun with it and bring your team in on it. And it's a living document. Don't be intimidated. Don't don't give yourself the excuse that it's just too much work. Like chip a little bit away at a time. Um, you have the tools. Uh, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 337. Lissandra she she gave us the tools. If you if you don't have uh, an idea where to start, well well now you do. So get started, uh, all right there, and let, let's try to help out our boy RJ Joyce for you know taking the time to share his experience with us uh, to add value to this conversation. Uh, if you're going to be in the Portsmouth area on Sunday night, June 25th. Again, that's June 25th, Sunday night. Do attend that uh, big night dinner. I think he said it was hosted at Massimo's, so I'll have the links uh, for information about that uh, event in the show notes as well. And uh, great conversation today. It's not exciting stuff, but uh, every once in a while, we got to get serious at Restaurant Unstoppable and talk about business and really get into the details uh, of what we can do to uh, ensure that we'll be unstoppable. So again, I hope you guys found value. Please do connect with me, social media, Eric Cacciatore on Instagram and Twitter. I realize I never spell my name when I say that, so it's not easy. So just in case, it's Eric with a C, E-R-I-C, Cacciatore, C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E. Nothing like how it sounds or or spelt, nothing like how it sounds, but that's why I did it. (laughs) And uh, Facebook slash Restaurants Unstoppable. And do connect with me one-on-one. Set up a free one-on-one chat restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one. I don't have all the answers, guys, uh, but I have a great network of people who do have the answers. If I can't point you in the right direction, I can connect you with somebody that can. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm here to serve you guys. And uh, keep those emails coming. Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Time to shut up. I'll let you guys go. Thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time. Peace out.